Welcome to another edition of the Official Catch-Up Podcast. We're back with another week of your Lowland, East of Scotland, South of Scotland and West of Scotland uh, discussion. Uh, I'm joined as always by Chris. Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Good. I think this is the first time in a wee while that we've done pretty much back-to-back weeks. Um, so, so, did we do back-to-back weeks last week, actually? Did we do I, think the... I think we're on three in a row, because I think we did Aye. a preview episode. And then we did the first week of the season in the second. Aye. Well, well, we promised people to be more regular, and hopefully that's what it's going to be now. We've kind of got a settled day, hopefully, uh, in Sunday. So I will just see how it goes, Benny. Basically, me and Chris are boring bastards, and we don't do it on Sundays. <laughs> so we can just do podcasts. My wife's away out for the day. Uh, I'm just going to sit in my pants and watch sport, probably. So uh, let's <laughs> podcast first and get that done. Um, but yeah, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the. Uh, different goings on around the, the leagues uh, within kind of tier 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, whatever it is these days. We can always track about where we're at in terms of uh, the tier structure in Scotland. But uh, let's start in the Lowland League then, Chris. Uh, it was Dalbeatty 2, uh, Cumbernauld Colts 5. Uh, another poor result for, for Dalbeatty there. Yeah, that was uh, an eye opener because obviously Cumbernauld were 5 1 up at half time. Crazy, crazy to think that. One player that kind of stood out for the last sort of few weeks. Um, I don't know if you don't know if you recognise the name, but Cole McIntyre, Ben. He, I think he played for EK Thistle. He looks like wow. a real proper find for Cumbernauld Colts. But yeah, five one up at half time. I mean that is uh, that's a brilliant result for Cumbernauld Colts, who I think struggled early. In fairness, I thought they would be a wee bit better this season under David Proctor. Again, we could talk about Jalen and all this sort of stuff, but that's a a, a really good result for them, and hopefully they can build off it. Uh, we did, we have said numerous times we're a wee bit worried about Dalbiti in terms of their quality, in terms of how, how they gel as well. I mean, that's got to be disheartening, being 5-1 down at half-time. In fairness, um, I guess the, the old, they won the second half by getting a goal to make it 5-2, but um, yeah, Cole McIntyre, Stephen O'Neill and a Ewan McPherson hat-trick was the downfall for uh, Dalbiti in the first half, and obviously Cumbernauld Colts, an excellent result, and like we've said, we have uh, with teams that may be struggling. Sometimes you, you feel like they probably just need this result to to kickstart their season, and it'd be interesting to see where Cumbernauld go for that. Uh, go from here, and obviously with Albie, we want to see how how Jordan uh, how his players will react from from a I guess a devastating defeat, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I seen Cumbernauld Colts in uh, preseason against us. They beat us one 0 that day, but um, I didn't see an awful lot of them. I thought they were going to be set the world alight, but that's. That's two wins in the bounce for, for Cumberland Colts. Beat Shire last week as well. So, um, certainly, uh, they've obviously picked up a bit of pace there. they got Gregory, Gregory Taddy up front. I didn't realise he was playing for Cumberland Colts. I don't he's, think uh, he plays up front, actually. I think he's more of a, you know, as, as players get older, they kind of drift back. I'm pretty sure he's uh, more okay. of a DM sort of centre midfielder now. Plenty of class in, the, in that regard that he probably can do that. I think um, I think that's probably easy for a guy like him to play this level and, uh, but yeah, I think that's a good signing for them. You mentioned Cole McIntyre there, he's a good player. And certainly uh, a good result for Cumberland Colts. Um, seem to be doing doing all right. And yeah, but that'll be, as we say, it's, it's, looking, it's looking a bit tough for, for them. Certainly that's four defeats now, sitting bottom of the table. And, um, kind of almost another kind of heavy defeat, I feel like, again. Obviously lost 5 now still in uni a couple of weeks back. And I just hope it turns for them. Because as I've mentioned before, we really like John Williamson as a, as a coach and um, just hope that, that that does does turn around. All right, moving on then to the next game, East, East Stillingshire won Cal- Cali Braves. One surprising result. I thought I expected more from Shire, certainly. I don't have a lot of, well, I would say I don't have a lot of faith in, in Cali Braves, certainly. I think um, probably one of the teams I'd expect to be kind of close to the bottom, but certainly um, Shire started pretty poorly. I would say so far, Chris. Yeah, Shire. We, we never really talked about Shire uh, a lot the last sort of few weeks. Um, it's a tough one because they probably don't have the finances that they did a few seasons ago. I mean, they really looked like they were probably aiming for a league title uh, only, what, two two three seasons ago. So it's difficult. Um, obviously, I think there's financial barriers at the club. I mean, I don't know the complete in, ins and outs, but, you know, the from where, from what they were paying players to where they are now, is probably you know completely different. Um, they brought in a lot, obviously the Danny Pace under twenty sort of guys, so that's the sort of players they're aiming for. Um, along and I mean that's probably what Colt, 
coming all coach levels, they've done the same. They brought in a lot of the young guys from the highly successful Dunny Pace under 20 side. So it's interesting uh, with Shire. I think they've got good players. I mean, one guy I've always highlighted out, ironically enough, obviously, was on loan at Cumbernauld Colts last season, uh, Sean Brown. I think he's a really good player. He set up um, Andy Kay's goal. Going into that one, I mean, there was a wee bit of <laughs> back and forth media-wise. Obviously, um, Cali Braves media team brought up the what the pointless book written about Shire when they were uh, you know languishing in the old third division. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And I think the Shire fans bit back a wee bit, obviously. Um, you know, I noticed uh, rather than tagging Cali Braves, and they tagged into the Sport Academy when they when they were playing them, and um, when they scored, obviously, I think the one fan was going mental or something like that. So, I mean, it's all banner, eh? Yeah, it's nothing malicious or anything like that. So I'm all for it. But I tell you what, I don't know how how um, how much players and and managers read into that, but certainly for me, I would have looked at that and went, "All oh, right, okay." and uh, went out and tried to beat them. But Cali Braves, look, they had a good season last season. I think there's certain players like Zach Butterworth, uh, Luke Main, who are are really coming on now. I mean, they've still got a young team, uh, Cali Braves. Was, we've, we've kind of mentioned them, actually, but I actually think they'll be all right this season. I think they'll do, do pretty well. Shire, on the other hand, I think it's been a bit of a struggle so far, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. I think they probably will. I can't even remember where I've actually predicted them, but it's certainly lower than than some would probably expect, I would say. Position around the, the squad, if they've brought in probably lesser quality players, they're probably going to later to feel maybe kind of... They'll, they'll be mid-table shire, I, I, yeah. I would expect. I'm, I'm not expecting them to be challenging um, this year, and hopefully they can they can continue to build that squad or potentially, I don't know, if they can get, if get some more financial support to give them the, the, the chance to challenge because that's always going to be the, probably the danger now with the Lowland League with the way the pyramid is there's, there's going to be teams coming through whether that's East of Scotland teams or West of Scotland teams who, who do have that financial clout and can come in and, and take on the likes of Shire and probably take over kind of their kind of positions in the league where they probably feel like when they come down from um, League 2 they probably that was probably their best chance really to get promoted and, and the as far as that slips away, they're probably going to find a, a kind of natural order within the, the pyramid. In terms of Cali Braves, I've always said this, and I say I'm not, not too sure about them as a team. Uh, next game in on the Vicks last was Hearts uh, B versus our Silver Strolls. Two each draw there. Um, it's probably, we don't know an awful lot about Hearts B at the moment. I think we probably need to go and see them at some point to find out more about them. But um, I'll probably first several away to Hearts is a decent result. Uh, but moving on, uh, Rangers B uh, defeated Cowdenbeath 3 2. I think Cowdenbeath, they look like they're toiling um, in this league, and that's another defeat. Um, that's, a, that's a sore one. I mean, some, I guess he's a Rangers fan, keeps uh, bringing up Connor Young to me, and I keep telling him, I know about Connor Young, don't worry. Um, but he's like, oh, I'll get him in the team of the month, team of the season. The, the issue with Connor Young at the moment is he's a Bit of a super sub the last sort of few weeks. He's coming on quite late into the game and getting goals. It's a bit hard to put him into a, a kind of team of the month when you've got other guys that have impressed for like a full 90 or whatever. But yeah, I, I've said it numerous times. I'm aware of Connor Young, obviously. Um, he was on loan at Civil when he was 16, absolutely banging goals in. And I think, I hope, um, you know, he'll, he'll start games soon. I think they're just trying to. You know, adjust them into the way they want to play and and whatever else. You know, so did I see the other day that Alex Lowry was playing for Rangers B? Yeah, so was um, I've had conversation. Controversial subject. No, not not too controversial, but yeah, um, there has been teams already kind of bemoaning um, the fact that these players. I we am I right? The saying we talked about Thomas about with Thomas Brown of whether. You know, um, if technically B teams can still play weaker teams and whatnot, and I think they are. I think they're still doing that. I mean, there's, there's. I think there's newer rules where, for example, if Alex Lowry was to go and play in the first team for like five games or whatever it is, I don't know the rules off, but um, it's pretty much based on appearances of first team. I think, and then he, he would be ineligible again for the B team. But they are still, they're still doing that. Where Alex Lowry and Owen Moffat and whoever else. Um, 
seem to be in and out the B teams. So see, I think the thing about Alex Lowry is I don't think he's actually played or featured for the first team yet. I think he'd been injured, and that was one of the things he's, he's not actually featured yet for the first team in the two games that they they played in the in the league. So I think he was eligible to play for the B team. But as you say, after a certain amount of games, if he yeah. plays in the first team, he's... Oh, there's there's way, there's ways to get around this. You, I mean, the B teams or Celtic Rangers can probably... There's there's ways of it kind of exploiting that. Yeah, so, I mean, you're probably still getting, getting you know, one week you're getting a, a really good team. Like someone like Kane Richie Hostler, who had an absolute stormer against EK, wasn't playing, um, you know, in the following, following games, I think. So it's like, are they just playing their best players for the top teams and maybe when you're coming up against a Cowden Beef, you're playing as you're sort of under 18s or whatever. I think it's the case so far and I think you could probably make that point um, that that's still happening. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably what they're, what they're doing it for and, and that makes a lot of sense as well because it probably depends on what they're, what they're doing in terms of games because obviously they're probably still playing some of these European kind of friendly type matches as well where obviously that's a different experience and Obviously, depending on squads and all that kind of stuff, and um, I, I would say the thing that Rangers obviously and Celtic B have is, is that depth right down their kind of pathway, if you like, and and they can do that, which obviously the, the rest of the teams in, in the league don't have. They probably have um, a pathway to a point, but obviously the quality is probably not going to be there quite the same as um, what Rangers and, and Celtic B. But I mean, another good result for for Rangers B, and I think. Um, if we just touch on our predictions for a little bit, that um, that I said one of the Colts teams will win the league. Rangers be sitting top of the table. I'm just saying, I'm just going to point out the now just to, <laughs> to remind everyone that I brought that up at the start of the season. But I think it's a good result to say. Cowden beef. They look like again one of those teams that are about to find a level within the pyramid. They brought in Stuart Love from Oakley United, who is kind of a bit of a I guess local legend in Fife, and I think he'll be a really good signer for them and experienced. The, the issue with Stuart, I don't think he's ever he's he's not played the highest sort of levels um, in the in the last few years. I think obviously again he was at you know maybe you know SPFL teams back in the day, but um, they kind of do need that. They didn't need a wee bit more experience, so I think that's an interesting signing for them. I mean, previously you would think it's probably a wee bit unprecedented that a, a former SPFL team was you know going three four tiers below. To, to sign players, but I mean, it's becoming a kind of norm because we know the quality. I mean, we'll probably get into one team in particular <laughs> later, but there is quality certainly down the levels. Um, just just another point on the the, the B teams, actually, because it has been brought up. Um, I believe Celtic are trying to change fixtures so they're not playing at the same time as the first team. Uh, I think it has to be agreed, obviously, between the the, the two sides, but... Certainly, Rangers are playing at the same time as the senior team. Uh, the last sort of few fixtures, and you've got a question that you've got a question like, um, you know, what that doesn't help your crowds or attendances. People that bought B team season tickets are potentially missing out because they're probably away seeing the senior team. So, fair play to Celtic. I think that's the the logic of playing like Friday nights or switching fixtures that I've certainly seen recently. Rangers, I don't know if maybe they've asked the question and it's maybe been uh, rejected, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, that. I guess it's probably one of these things that comes down to, to park availability, but certainly I think where the Lowland League were concerned, I think that would have been a smart move to to arrange the fixtures at the start of the season that way. I don't think it, it should have been a case of the Rangers and Celtic or, or Hearts had, should be having to go and ask to move fixtures around and Yep. Um, it should have just been organised that way that, that try and do it the best they can if, if obviously um, potentially Rangers are going to be playing um, on Thursday <laughs> night so um, they'll be playing Sundays most of the most of the weeks you, you would imagine so Saturday makes a lot of sense for them and it gives the Rangers fans time to go and watch on a Saturday afternoon if they're obviously playing on a Sunday um, otherwise it's Friday night I think we can talk about Friday night football I think it's a it's a great thing, and um, I know it's something that Open Goal Broomhill want to do is, is have a lot of, kind of Friday night games. We at Cowan and Rangers are also quite keen to do that. We've already switched a few of our games because it does draw the crowd. Because I've posted this before in the podcast, but I'll repeat again you're always going to be competing against these um, old firm. Or, um, for us, it's like Colmarnock, if you remember, if you're 
um in the in the east it's hibs and hearts um motherwell if you're in the central belt uh, st Martin, party thistle etc there's all these clashes you're going to have on a saturday afternoon so if you can find a way to play on a, on a friday then it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to me so um it's good to celtic to do that i think that's a it's good to hear that they're, they're making an effort because that only helps especially the away games if, if you've got an away game like for example cali braves at um alliance park and you've got nothing to do you you might pay your eight quid and go along and watch the, the stars of tomorrow if you're pitching it that way and that's all the old yeah. cliches into the the, the 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 players of the future whatever you want to call it or, but certainly that's a that makes a lot of sense from um i, I think it's an issue that will be resolved um where you know when Rangers and Celtic are in Europe anyway, as you say, they'll probably most likely be playing Sundays. But yeah, it was just a sort of early concern for you know Rangers fans um, to begin with. But I think it's just the way it is early season. Obviously, if Rangers qualify for the the Champions League or the Europa or whatever, um, it'll be resolved if if they start playing Sundays. Obviously, but one one. You know, uh, we mentioned obviously the mass appeal with Friday night games. Certainly, one stadium I probably wouldn't want to go on a Friday night or any other day of the week is um, Meadowbank. I mean, it looks horrendous. Uh, the view. I don't know if you saw that, Ben. Yeah, but I seen Moz. I shared it on uh, Twitter uh, yesterday that one of one of the accounts, and it looks absolutely howling because it even looks like as if they're not even allowing the fans to really gather like at the best points in the ground it's like they've got to like, be behind the goals and obviously if you know Meadowbank it's like predominantly athletics track where we a new running track around it and the distance is like it's like fucking Hamden like yeah do you know what I mean the, the, the distance from the the touch the, the I guess the touch line to the uh, um, to where the fans gather it is, it's massive and that's not conducive to a, a good um, good view of football and um, it seems odd that um, it's been set up like that, but yeah, hopefully they, they can find a way to, to resolve that. But I definitely wouldn't fancy a game at Meadowbank for sure. I'd agree with that. We, we should say we, we we should also say obviously it's no fault of um, FC Edinburgh, you know, because it's the council that built that uh, or redeveloped, I should say, um, Meadowbank. But yeah, it's just uh, it's horrendous. I I cannot stand going to Hamden to watch football, um, and I think I probably wouldn't like going to Meadowbank either, to be fair. Yeah, I, I've only been to Meadowbank, I think, to see Snow Patrol once, and I think that was about 10 years ago, but um, <laughs> I've never been there since, um, certainly, but um, it's, it's, um, ah, it's does not look great for, for football, certainly. Um, have a sidetrack there, sorry guys. <laughs> happens, and it happens, you should, you should, should know this podcast well by now that we, we can, digress off into some random avenue of discussion. But back on the lonely quickly then, uh, it was a 4-1 win for Spartans uh, against Gala. Um, uh, decent result for Spartans again. Yeah, I was there. Uh, I was meant to go to Spartans last week, but kind of went to Sybil instead of Broomhill, because I wasn't sure when I would get get the chance to see either. Um, obviously doing my research and whatnot. But um, yeah, uh, God, Scott Rio again less carriages on trains when the fringe is on when i think pars were playing at um at middlebank as we mentioned so yeah just a disgrace and then obviously i had to get off at uh, waverly again so i had to go through all the fringe uh crowd which was fun um so yeah i, I got there about five to three i think just five minutes before kickoff but uh yeah i think it was the best i've seen spartans play in some time uh gala had a lot of players out, I think, through suspension injuries and, and whatnot, so they weren't quite at their best. Um, they did have a few chances, in fairness to them. They, they were trying to play football right, and I, I quite like that. They were kind of playing out from the back, and um, I, I actually enjoyed it. I think it would have worked if they had, you know, their their, their key players um, or some of their key players that they had missing playing, but Spartans were good. Spartans were good, and it was the man. Um, I don't feel like we've, we've talked about Cammy Russell for a long time, but... Um, if it's him that, that, that uh, gave Spartans the lead, a lovely low-hit effort. Um, and then probably, what, maybe a minute, less than a minute later, he, he doubled his tally with a kind of low shot. I felt the Gala keeper probably should have saved it, but it was one where it was kind of just off the fingertips. If he had more of a hand on it, you know, it would have been it would have been saved. But, yeah, 2-0 Spartans at halftime. They came out firing again in the, the, the second half. Jamie Dishington... 
Um, <laughs> he says he, he meant it top bins, but um, yeah, it looked like a cross to me. The wind kind of floated it in, so 3-0 Spartans. He says top bins, no problem. That's that's his reply to that, but yeah, I'm not sure if I believe that, Jamie. <laughs> but anyway, 3-0 um, Spartans, 4-0. Uh, Mikey Allen, who was class, actually, really, really good uh, playing at left-back. I've always kind of been a wee bit uh, unsure at Mikey at left-back, but I thought he had a brilliant game. He, was, he set up uh, Blair Henderson for the fourth. And Gallo's goal was a bit of a strange one. It was kind of like a similar to the Spartans' goal, apart from it hit off a Spartans player, cross into the box, uh, hit off a, Spart- a Spartans defender. Carswell just out of his reach. He tried to tried to save it, but no. Overall, a uh, great win for Spartans. I think they were solid all over the pitch. They were the high line uh, was really kind of restricting Gallo to maybe long balls, um, and yeah, I I was really happy. I was really happy seeing Spartans. It was, as I say, it was the best I've seen of them. Um, I'm sure I'll see Gala, um, you know, down the line, and I'm sure they'll have better days. Uh, but it was Spartans' day yesterday. So, seemed like you had a, a, a good trip to um, Spartans, day, uh, Chris. Did you happen to bump into the, the Lowland League um, chairman? Yeah. Um, just at the end of the game, as I was leaving, I was speaking to to Craig Graham, the, the Spartans chairman. I was speaking to a few of the Spartans boys during the game, but it was good to see them. But yeah, I kind of bumped into Thomas as I was leaving. Uh, we had a bit of a brief chat about the game and stuff like that, but obviously I'm trying to run back and, and uh, you know, get get to the train and avoid the, the, the later fringe crowd coming back to, to where I am. So I do get the feeling like it was kind of a bit of an awkward one, but I don't, again, I've said, you know, we have said a lot of things about Thomas and and the league decision making, but like we've always maintained, it's nothing personal. Um, if it is personal, I can, I can only apologise. Um, but yeah, to us, it's not personal of the decisions made. Thomas, we've often said he was putting up a tough spot, especially with Hearts coming into the league. It was kind of fell on him. Uh, he's going to annoy half the the member clubs because they wanted one thing and the, the other half wanted another. So yeah, there's no. There's no heat between me or anyone, really. I mean, it's football where we'll have opinions if you disagree with them. And there has been plenty of times where people disagree with, disagreed with us. We don't tend to fall out over it, do we, Ben? So, Well, you know what? I'm like Ben. I'm the kind of guy that kind of gets over it very quickly. I could have a... It's never happened yet, but I could have like a raging argument with you, Ben, and I'd be fine with you like two hours later. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we do this podcast and it's all about opinions a lot of the time and, that, and that's how we do it. Like it or not, people want to hear what we say. I mean, obviously, the the views and the lessons that we get on this podcast are, um, are conducive to that and, and tell us that people people somehow, for whatever reason, I don't really understand why, but people want <laughs> to listen to what we have to say and what we know about the game and cover coverage of the game. So, yeah, but we're always going to talk about the, 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 the topical stuff and if, if there's a bad decision made by the Lone League, the only th- or any other league for that matter, it's not just the Lone League, um, we're always going to hold um, that league or that club to account. That's not, yep. that's what we do. Um, and that's no different to any other journalist, really. Um, I'm not saying we're journalists, but um, certainly from um, a media perspective, that, that's, what we're, that's what we're here to do. And, um, there'll be some people who want us to make sure that we're holding things like but people like the Lone League board and uh, to account because there's, there's maybe no one else doing it. I mean, yeah. time after time you find maybe in, in podcasts and, and the media people are quite nice and nicey and want to be um, all friends, but we're quite happy to um, come straight down the middle and, and either um, say say nice things or, or be negative if it, if it needs that because it, it only for us probably helps the, the league improve or the league's improve and um, hopefully make the decisions right the next time. So that's all yeah. it is. Yeah, and you know it was one of the things because we were obviously over the summer we were swe- swaying of whether we would continue um, sort of covering the loan league. But the more the more I thought about it, obviously you kind of said, "No, nah, we need to basically what you said hold hold everyone account in the pyramid at non league level." And obviously the loan league is the top of the non league pyramid, if you will. Um, but the way I looked at it is, you, you don't punish. We're talking about football mainly now. Hopefully, uh, nothing controversial is probably going to happen within the next sort of few months. Touch wood, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, you don't punish the players for that. At the end of the day, we enjoy talking about these teams and players and, and whatnot. And uh, I don't think 
decisions made by a league board or member clubs or whatever should should really affect that. And I think that's why we kind of made the decision to carry on as well. In fairness, Ben, we did, or certainly I praised them recently because the 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 league sponsor is now gone and it's something we kind of you know questioned at the time like whether they should maintain that relationship um and they've not and credit to them they've made a what i think is a good decision uh, re- a responsible decision for the you know the credibility of the league and and its member clubs yeah just for obviously for context for anyone who doesn't know what chris is referring to there that uh, there was a obviously the only kind of sponsor uh, Clark EPOS systems, I think they were called, uh, who obviously must have put some money in behind the the league. Um, however, it came to light that the, that sponsor had um, either defaulted on payments and kind of not not paid clubs within the pyramid and right up to I think probably the SPFL Prem right and right yeah. down. And there was a talk of taking over our deer in the west of Scotland and things like that. And it all it all just sounded a bit dodgy and a bit kind of risky and. They obviously came on board as a sponsor for the for the league, um, but as we understood it, the the payments and things like that had been made to the league at that point. Um, however, the league have, have made that decision whether or not contractually they've got something there that allowed them to to get out of that 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 contract and that agreement with um, that sponsor because that the, the reputation of that that company was probably in the mud because of how they treated other clubs and. Um, it was probably one of these things that was affecting the lonely again because they were kind of it looked like sticking with them, but as Chris has said, they've made the right decision and, and they got rid. Um, and I think they're going to. It sounds like probably looking for a new sponsor at this point in time from the statement they made uh, the other week. Uh, but certainly um, a right move from from the from the board and um, and say so hopefully they'll they'll find someone new. I guess if anyone's listening here and has got a, a pot of money and want to sponsor the league, then. Get in touch with the Lowland League if you want to sponsor this podcast as well. But you can also get in touch with us because we'll always take sponsors. <laughs> not at absolutely, all. absolutely. Um, but going back to the football, um, just a few more games to cover. Trinent uh, beat Stalin Uni two one. Um, probably an unexpected result there from Trinent. Yeah. Um, having said that, obviously Chris, I did listen to his interview. He wasn't wearing a hat, Ben. You've no missed out anything. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he's probably sent that to you, by the way, and it's uh, gone missing in the mail or something. I don't could, know, could have, but could have. <laughs> but yeah, he said. Uh, I listened to Chris's interview. Uh, obviously, I kind of praised Trinent's media people as well because they said it was, you know, Sterling could have been, you know, well ahead in the first half. Um, Chris, I think, commented that it was his the best half of football he's he's seen at Sterling Uni the whole six years he's been coach there. So that's some compliment. Uh, the Trinent keepers had an absolute world day, um, but I believe Trinent, you know, Callum Elliott, as I said, we've praised him as being a sort of good manager, a good coach. He's he's made changes in the second half and they've came back into the game and won it at the death. I guess I guess um, it was um, I think Adam McGowan, who's on loan from Hamilton Ackies, uh, got the winner there, um, and it was interesting what Chris was saying because he. I've, don't get me wrong. I've seen Chris on the pitch after, after, <laughs> after games, and he's been, you know, going f- through boys uh, as you, as you would expect with a football coach if they've not been playing well. But uh, in fairness to Chris, I think he said it was his fault. He never made the right changes, and um, he kind of took the blame for the for the defeat. But I mean, I don't think you can be too harsh on on yourself when you're coming up against a really good Trinent side. We we all rate them quite highly and we think they're going to do well. Uh, and by that account, the Trinent, as I say, that we praised the Trinent media because um, they were they basically said that they basically said Sterling Uni could have had this in the bag by the first half. And uh, it's good to see that. I, I I quite like that. I like it when you know there's no there's not always rose-tinted glasses and you, you can actually just appreciate your opponent and say, actually, well, they've actually played really, really well. That was, that's it, cut and dry, you know. Um, unfortunately, it, it did sound like it was a game of two halves and Trent obviously came out firing after the changes that Callum Elliott made. Yeah, I think you're right about Trent, a team that are um, obviously new to the league. We knew there were no mugs based on their... Um, their performance against Darvo in the playoff. Uh, they've came in there, I think they lost their first game uh, against EK, but since then they've, they've kind of motored on and three wins in the bounce now for first and end, and certainly um, 
look like a team that we, we expect them to be. So, yeah, fair play, and I think they'll I think they'll continue, and it's, it's only going to get uh, I think better for tonight. I think I still think a lot of talk and people thinking that tonight we're going to kind of win the league and things like that was probably a bit a bit too much. And I think um, certainly looking at Bonnie, they're probably obviously I would say a surprise package for me this year. They've started really strongly, but. Um, the only undefeated team. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the only undefeated team in the league. Uh, that's the thing, I think, uh, from from Trinidad's perspective. They'll be, they'll be up there, but I don't quite see them challenging. But, yeah, I think they'll, they'll do well. All right, then, we'll uh, move on to, to Open Goal Broomhill versus Berwick. It was a 3-2 win for Broomhill. And questionable third goal for Broomhill, I believe, Chris? <laughs> yeah, um, I heard it was... What was it, Derek Goyle that scored that? I heard he was about ten miles offside. I've not, I've not seen any highlights. I don't know if they're they're trying to edit out and change angles and whatnot. So, um, but in maybe fairness, it was his I'm... fringe. Maybe it was his fringe. It was offside. <laughs> but I heard, I did hear that. Um, you know, Berwick obviously made a few comments as well. The the Berwick media saying it was quite a controversial one. But yeah, I did hear he was well offside. So I don't know how it's not been caught by the the linesman or the ref or whoever it was. Um, I can't. I can't wait for the highlights, to be honest. But in fairness, um, we did get a wee bit of the lowdown on it on the game. Not, not too much details, but um, it, from what I've heard, Broomhill were really sort of taking it to Berwick at that point in time, and it was probably, probably going to happen anyway. It's a great result from Broomhill because potentially that could have been, you know, looking at a, a tricky fixture. We we rate Berwick obviously this season, and we think um, they might be up there as well. So. Uh, that would have been really tough if Broomhill didn't win that game because that would have been three defeats on the bounce and obviously that would have been um, this early. I think it would have been... Can you really call it? I don't know if you can call it death's door um, this early because there's we've just mentioned Bonex are the only undefeated team and I'm pretty sure whoever wins the league this season is probably, you know, could have as many as five, six losses. I think the thing though about the Broomhill thing is obviously that's a, it's a new new thing, and if you if you see a team that's come into the league, look, not come into the league, but the way that the structure obviously is and the changeover and the kind of the backing that Broom, uh, Broomhill have with or open goal Broomhill, whatever you want to call it, and the whole kind of open goal kind of fan kind of backing and things like that, that if you start to lose games, it, it, it maybe just starts to kind of maybe peter off, and yeah. and that kind of momentum you're trying to build is you're trying to build a fan base and things like that might just get affected uh, by that. But as you say, good result for Broomhill, 3-2, back at um, uh, Broadwood as well. So um, I think the worrying thing if I'm looking at Broomhill now is that they seem to be leaking goals for fun. Um, I think it seems to be, I think, listen to, to Cy Ferry, he obviously he wants his team to play on the front foot and attack, and uh, but obviously it feels like obviously they're maybe leaving themselves a bit weak at the back sometimes. And um, don't get me wrong, as long as you're scoring more goals in your position, then that's all we need to do in this game. But uh, certainly it would be the concerning thing there is that they're, they're kind of leaking goals um, fairly regularly. All right, uh, one more game then we'll quickly gloss over. Uh, that's uh, Gren 2008, <laughs> uh, 7, Edinburgh University 2. Great result for Gretna. Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, we'll go on to the Celtic B East Kilbride after that. <laughs> Let's give credit uh, to, to Gretna. Um, Fantastic result, obviously. Um, Russell Curry, four goals. Jack Dickinson, Fraser, Dan Carmichael to, to make it seven. Tough one for Edinburgh Uni, I think. In fairness, it's one of those ones where you kind of look at it and say, probably another one where it's Edinburgh Uni, Dalby, Gretna. In the past, we would have looked at it and said that that's one for the bottom end of the league. So, it is a, albeit it's a fantastic win for Gretna, they will have tougher games coming up. But in fairness, I don't remember the last time Gretna scored as many as that. Um, I can't maybe avail of leaving, I don't know, last season or a few seasons ago. But um, it's fantastic. And obviously, Jonathan will be will be chuffed. Um, tough one for Edinburgh Uni, who I think have actually started okay. You know, they got the win against LBA. They've, they've picked up a few results, as they will. But... Um, for Grenna, I think it's not just about beating the teams that we expect to be at the bottom. They need to start beating the the sort of teams above them, the mid table teams, and even if they can pick up a result here or there against you know a top level side. Um, but it's something to build on some momentum. 
looks like um, Stephen Hatfield is getting a wee bit more adventurous. Obviously, we kind of called it out that he was probably only playing like one striker, and now it seems like he's going with two of them. Um, maybe changing up tactically to, to to sort of adjust and and get more attacking because that we mentioned obviously that that Grenada side is not like it used to be. It, it's got a lot of attacking threat with Russell Curry, um, you know, Mikey Embu and and uh, Ben Spielman as well. So there is there is goals there, um, but yeah, I, I'm quite happy that for that in terms of Edinburgh Uni, we've already kind of mentioned it. I think they'll get results. I, I feel like I keep picking on them for being at the bottom of the league, uh, and they proved me wrong. But at the end of the day, I'm not. I'm not going to be absolute raging if, if you know they're not at the bottom of the league. I'd actually be quite happy because, um, you know, it's one of those teams. We are we are all for the underdogs, aren't we? Most of the time, uh, Ben. So I, I like being proven wrong, and I think you'll be proven wrong by by Gretna as well <laughs> by the end of the season. But. It's a long season to go. It's a long season. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, yeah, it's a great result for Grena, 100%. Um, I've talked about Russell Curry plenty of times uh, in terms of being a, a great striker and good to see him getting goals. And I'm delighted from it. I don't want to see Grena do yeah. badly. I think that's what I, I'm be clear about here is that, that just from what I've seen, obviously, last season and, and from the kind of business they've done, I, I wasn't massively impressed with, with that. And when I was looking for a team to, to, to pick, I thought, Getting out with the team and, and yeah, I mean it's a it's a good result, but but let's remember that it's just one game. They need to yeah. go and they go and show that in the rest of the games and make sure they are getting the results because um, if not, as you say, they'll be down the dog dog fight. I think this year anyway. Um, look at it early doors. You're probably going to say that. Thank God that they'll be star there because they look like they're struggling already. Um, that's essentially what teams like Gretna and Edinburgh Europe are going to have to do this year is probably be better than Dalbeat Star and you'll probably be okay. But if Dalbeat, if, if Jordan Williamson turns it around, it, um, Dalbeat, I say turn that around like he's in the mud, but if he can get some guys in that maybe change the team around and, and start to take it to the likes of Gretna and Edinburgh Uni, then you'll pick up the points there and, and then it becomes a bit of a challenge for, for those teams. So, yeah, fair play. Absolutely well done, the Gretna. Great result, uh, fair play to Russell Curry, as I say, but um, it's still early doors. Uh, yeah, and hist- historically, you know, there'll be a, teams don't like going to Islecroft. I mean, I don't like going to Islecroft, it's, it's too far away for me, but um, they've been saved many times by just turning Islecroft into an absolute fortress that no one wants to go to. Um, a few runner fixtures at home, if they can they can um, build a wee bit of momentum at home, that, that, that can be a lifesaver for teams languishing near the bottom. Um and again, yeah, we all rate Jordan as a as a coach. He's a young coach and um again I don't really know too much about their team. That'll be I need to sing I need to really sort of look into but again it's probably guys coming up the level rather than, than going down as we have seen with um a lot of these teams. Um but yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be interesting at the bottom as much as at, at the top this season I think. Well, moving on then quickly to the, the South of Scotland League, there was two matches. Uh, Abbeyfield beat Wigtown Bladnock 10-0 and Upper Annandale um, beat Loch Maben 4-2. Um, not an awful lot around it. Obviously, a 10-0 victory for Abbeyfield is, a, is an awful result for, for them. It's a, a great win. Um, anyone scoring double figures in a game's pretty impressive regardless of who you're playing. Um, Upper Annandale 4-2. There's not an awful lot of league games, I think, just because there's there's like cup competitions on as well, is it at the moment? Yeah, um, kind of similar to the east of Scotland and um, not so much the west, but yeah, the south of Scotland has like the league cups going. Um, obviously, east of Scotland has like the Alex Jack and then the early sort of doors east of Scotland, east of Scotland qualifying cup as well. So yeah, so that's probably we've not had a lot of league fixtures so far to to look at. Yeah, moving on then to East of Scotland uh, Premier League and we'll start with Broxburn drew one each with Blackburn United um, Hill of Beath four each with Socky, Linlithgow Rose uh, lost 1-0 to Musselburgh Athletic Tynecastle uh, lost uh, 4-2 to Genefield Swifts that uh, Hill of Beath Socky game sounds like a bit of a barnstormer Aye, an absolute classic at Keir's Park certainly getting your money's worth there but um, Hill of Beef kind of struggled a wee bit last season. I think they'll be in a bit a, a a better shape this season. But Socky are an awkward team. You know what I mean? We've we've talked about them obviously being a um, you know in terms of the cup competitions. They were, I think, 
really comfortable and safe last season in the East of Scotland Premier. So it'll be one of those where it's like two teams probably at a similar level just going hell for leather and that's probably why you get you know a 4-4 result. But an absolute, absolute classic. Um, obviously, Linlithgow Rose defeated off of uh, Musselburgh. I think that's a bit of a surprise. We, we obviously tipped Linlithgow Rose to, to do well this year, but Musselburgh getting the points. Yeah, the, the the only team that seems to be letting me down at the moment is Linlithgow Rose in, term of, uh, in terms of my predictions, but it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Um, Musselburgh, I think in fairness, have, a, a again, a decent team. Probably, in my opinion, not on the level of that I would rate Linlithgow Rose. Obviously, I think Linlithgow Rose are, are you know go, going to win the league still, despite their. Um, I wouldn't even say it's a bad start. It's only been what you know two three games. So, but yeah, it's an, I would give credit to Musselburgh. I mean, um, Craig Stevenson's uh, left Trinent uh, to go there recently. He's obviously a fantastic player. Can do a lot. Yeah, Lyle Smith, who was uh, previously at Vale leaving, got the goal for Musselburgh and. Uh, he was always sort of one of one of the better players at, at Vale, um, so I'm I'm really happy to see him do well. But yeah, the Lafco Rose really need to sort of pick up now and and kind of concentrate because you can maybe have one or two losses at the beginning, but you start losing more, and then there's maybe another consistent team. Then it becomes a struggle where you're actually chasing it down. I think, I think we obviously had quite high expectations of Linlithgow Rose, so um, yeah, I think they'll turn around. They're, they're always a, a good side, they're a good old-fashioned kind of junior side, if you like, so um, I would expect them to turn around, turn around at some point. Alright, just quickly, uh, briefly across the board in the rest of the East of Scotland, uh, in the first division, Dunbar, uh, United 1-2-0 against White Hill Welfare, Newton Green Star 1-1-0 against Bunt Island Shipyard, Preston Athletic Drew 1 each with Kennaway Star Hearts, in the second division, Tweedmouth Rangers beat Stalin Uni Reserves 2-1. Uh, Syngenta beat Hoyk Royal Albert 8-0. Now, let's have a talk about this. James <laughs> Finlay scores five goals for Syngenta. Now, you know me, I've got my fan clubs within the, the, the pyramid. My, I recently closed the Dad's Christie fan club because <laughs> um, he chose to sign for Paul over Cohen and Rangers, so... Uh, closing that fan club, but my James Finley fan club still open at this point in time. But for me, that boy is an absolute wasted talent in the saying division of the East of Scotland Football League. Um, no disrespect to that league or St. Jenna, but that boy can be playing at a much higher level as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and rattling five in against Hoyk, obviously, just just shows he's just too good. Hoyk, um. Oh God, I hate using that word. Transition. Uh, Kenny Aitchison's <laughs> obviously just returned to uh, to Hoyk, um, one of the younger managers in, uh, I guess, senior football. He's only 28-year-old. He was at Hoyk previously. Um, didn't quite work out well. I think his most successful period, in fairness to to um, Kenny, is probably is, uh, when he managed civil under-20s. So in terms of his senior um senior career as a manager it's probably not I think he's he's had only short spells so I really hope it works out for him but it's, it's a tough ask a tough ask to when you're coming up against a St. Jenna side that let's face it they, they, they're way above that level they should probably Absolutely. I mean they would they, they, I don't think they would have any problems competing at the, the East of Scotland Premier League level so the, there is still teams and players and that you'll just look at and think there's no way they should be and it's the same in the Lone League, obviously. There's some SPFL quality players um, playing in the Lone League and think, you know, he shouldn't probably be playing for a Lone League side. Look at Darvel. We've probably mentioned it. We'll probably mention Darvel, obviously, soon. But um, they're too, I guess, are they too good for the level? I mean, I just appreciate the fact that, I think I, well, I tweeted out before we came on today, but the quality this season, I think, of all leagues, um Probably not so much further down because um, there is still, I think, f- more further down, there are still teams trying to find their level. But uh, it's immense. I mean, I've actually been really impressed with players that I know, that I'm aware of, who seem to have got better, especially the younger players. I'm like, wow, this guy looks amazing now. Probably didn't, I wouldn't say he, he didn't stand out, but I would say there's there's players that, I think everyone's up their game is what I'm trying to say, basically. I think we know what's coming from beneath in terms of the Lone League. So it's like clubs have really tried to 
to improve their quality so they're not one of these teams that, that has to face uh, relegation or then go down to a, a West or East league that they potentially might struggle in, as is what we've seen with Whitehill Welfare and Vela leaving. So it's an interesting time. Yeah, interesting. I think the thing about St. Gentis is they, they're obviously backed like one of these yep. like financially. There's, there's no doubt about that. If they're signing guys like James Finley, there's, there's no doubt about it. Those that club have got money and they'll, they'll, they'll find a level. Um, as you say, I think we always think about finding your levels kind of like in the reverse, your like your Shires and your County yeah. Beasts and your Berwicks and all that kind of thing that have came down from SPFL. But naturally, the ways. yeah, there'll be teams that'll be going up the way because they, they have the, the backing and they've got the support and they've got people who, who want to take the team on. I mean, obviously there's plenty of teams in the West of Scotland that want to do that as well. So um, there's, no, there's no reason why a team like Syngenta can't be a, a prem team within kind of what two years maybe I think they'll probably run away with that league in um, the second division of, of East of Scotland but uh, aye, back to the finally back to James finally one more time but fair play him. <laughs> but if you if you're a lowland league team looking for a striker that's where to go um, as far as I'm concerned um, if you can if you can afford them then go and get that boy because he's he's far too good for obviously he signed for EK last year from Rossville and we weren't sure how we'd get on um the EK and he started well before kind of petering out but um and he obviously went to Gent on loan last year um I think January February time last year but he signed there permanently um fuck knows why but anyway <laughs> um that's that's all I've got to say no matter James Villas and I think you're a great player so that's all it is um, right, moving on then to the West of Scotland uh, League, and we'll start in the Prem. Um, we'll start uh, with, with Pollock um, and Largs. Chris, obviously, you're a, uh, a Pollock fanboy. Um, <laughs> no, are you also a Largs fanboy? Yeah, fanboy, yeah. Um, I don't know how. No, uh, no. I mean, for me, that's a good result for Largs, really. Um, Pollock, um, Pollock are okay, I think. I don't, I'm not one of these people that have Pollock. See how yeah, See how I you mean, feel, Ben. Not half them high in the league. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're going to go on result just shortly, but um, for me, yeah, it's, it's probably a nil now and a, probably disappointing more for Pollock, as you say, and a decent point away at Newlandsfield for for Largs. Yeah, um, not going to lie, I had Pollock winning that one, uh, but I'm actually, you know, I'm, I, I like Largs, so I'm glad. That's a good point for them to to hopefully stay in the fight. Um, I don't. I think we talked about this last time, but yeah, I'm not. I'm still not 100 sure on where I have logs in terms of avoiding. I know that they'll probably be nearer the bottom, but um, hopefully they can avoid relegation. And I think that's an excellent result for them for a Pollock team that I rate that um, maybe Ben doesn't rate is so high. <laughs> it's not. It's not as much I don't rate them. They've got some good individual players, but I just think as a team, like they lost, for example, my Grant signed for yep. oh, Rams yeah. during the week. Um, yep. and a great result. Obviously, he'd. Uh, They've tried obviously sort of a development fee for him because um, he was obviously being brought through. I don't know how how like how that works in terms of how long he was, he was at Pollock, but he must have been at Pollock obviously as a youth or something like that to to come through and he's saying first and now like, a great move for Matty because I think we called him out last year as like, one of the players yep. in my um, team of the season. Um, I remember playing at Newlandsfield bus with the Newlandsfield and they won two one and and he ran a left back ragged that day and he was had a great game and. Um, didn't do so well in the return game at Buffs Park, but um, he's a good player and deserved of his move up the up the leagues. Because obviously, like you said, there's there's individual players within the, in these leagues that we know that are good enough and can be playing at a higher standard. And obviously, we mentioned before Will so at um, Atlags, who, who obviously moved moved to uh, Stenhouse Muir and um, kind of been in and out of the team, but it certainly seems to be adjusting um, slowly to the the, the league too. But um, I. Paul Paul Largs, Paul Largs now now, um, but moving on then it was Kirk and Tar, Rob Roy too, Peter Hill, a decent result for for Rob uh, Rob Roy. I mean probably one of those ones you said potential banana skin for them in terms yep. of you don't really know an awful lot about Peter Hill just now, but um, yeah Rob Roy a decent side they finished mid table last year and well deserved their victory. Next one then Glen Afton won Arthurly now. This was a game I probably said that, that it could have been one where I could turn up for the books and Arthur could have got a result, but Glenafton managed to get get the get the win in the end and 
Uh, Ryan Stevenson seems to be doing doing all right down there at, um, at Glenafton. Yeah, and often you you've said a lot about Ryan Steven uh, Ryan Stevenson. Obviously, you were his biggest fan at one point, but yeah, he's I think he's uh, I think he's done all right. Eh? Yeah, like basically what you said. He's I don't know how much um, experience he has in terms of obviously. Um, is that, I think that's his first senior job, isn't it, Ben? I don't think he's yeah, had yeah, any. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I think it's always interesting when you have a, a young sort of coach slash manager um, in their first job. But yeah, I, I don't really have any worries about Glen Afton actually. Uh, looking at their squad and some of the transfers they've done, um, I think they'll not be near the top. But I don't think they're. I don't know, maybe mid table. Do you think they, they might struggle, Ben? No, I think I think looking at them now, I think they're probably going to be that that kind of mid table side. Um, certainly, I think um, at the start of the season it's been like that, concerning. But I think from what I know, it's only been two games. What I've seen of kind of Peters Hill, Arthur, Canvas Lang, uh, it seems like they potentially could be the, the kind of are going to be near the bottom. Um, we mentioned Lags probably going to be the same, uh, but certainly uh, I think Lanarkin will, will be fine um, yep. this season. All right, next game then uh, is Clydebank uh, lost uh, 3-2 to Avon Meadow uh, at home park. This was a, be quite a shock, yeah. a shock yeah. for me. Um, there was Avon Meadow 3-1 up at half-time. Um, or sorry, 3-0 up at half-time, um, certainly. Um, I don't know, maybe Clydebank just struggling to kind of get a, a team together properly at the moment. Uh, still obviously, they brought in Craig Little during the week um, from, from Darvo. Meadow, I've obviously seen them last week against us and I thought they were, and that's not just saying this, I thought they were terrible. Uh, I thought they could be a team that could be near the bottom, but that's a surprise result. And fair play, Callum Graham um, getting the hat-trick there. Uh, he's a, a great forward. I've got a lot of time for, for him as a, as a player. And someone who was at Pollock, I think, last year and, and then kind of won, I think Pollock signed about a million strikers and um, ended up having like three or four of them ended up going elsewhere because they weren't either getting game time and Things like that, but um, yeah, I think from 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 Meadows' perspective, it's a good result. And, um, obviously, I saw one in terms of um, last week getting beat off off ourselves and bounced back to a result against Clyde Banks. But perfect way to do that. Right, next result then, uh, be the loss to uh, Hurlford two uh, 0 at Bellsdale Park. Um, Chris Strain's second match in charge, uh, defeat there for him. You'll be disappointed, I'm sure. Um, it's certainly a good result for Hurlford. We're not really sure what Hurlford are going to be like this year, certainly. Um, with a couple of good signings, but um, didn't really know what it would be like, but managed to get a nice away win for them. Yeah, that's good. It's good, obviously. Not not for Strainy, obviously, but uh, I, I, there's going to be results like that, I think, in the West that, you know, that, again, it'll be... I don't, I don't think it'll be as similar as the Lone League in terms of you know, teams taking points off each other, but there will there'll be a few res- shock results, like as there is, you know, um, every season with with different leagues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, two more games then to cover off. Uh, the one probably the big one was uh, Auchinleck uh, versus Darvo, and a three 0 win for Darvo, um, given the result um, last week um, against Cumnock. Probably surprised us a little bit, certainly. And uh, for me, Auchinleck, I think. I think Auckland might struggle this year. I'm going to put my, nail my cards to the mass already, and I think I think they might struggle. They've lost guys like Hislop and, and Shanklin's out for a bit, and um, I just feel like they're, they're maybe not strengthened as well um, as they could have in, in the squad, and, and that might just start to show down the stretch. And um, a great result for Darvo. I mean, we talk about Darvo a lot, and people think I hate them, but I, I can always admire them as a football team. They're, they're a great side. They've got the strength and depth. They've got that team, and you can just look at the changes they made from that result last week against Cumnock. Um, a great, great squad. Uh, Mix obviously doing his thing um, as well. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be tight at the top. I think that's the the, the important thing here uh, in the West of Scotland. It's going to be tight. Auchinleck, Darvo. Um, we haven't mentioned Cumnock before. They obviously won two obviously against Canberra Slime Rangers. Um, yeah. Come up two out of two. They're going to be challenging. Um, the Pollock, we expect to challenge. They're also a, a good side, and well, you expect them to challenge. I probably don't, but um, <laughs> it's going to be close. I think at the top of the league this year, and, and as you say, teams can take points off each other every week. So 
it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, um, that was the game of the week. Obviously, um, I was when I made the prediction of Auchinleck being up there. It's mainly because of Tommy Sloan and the history, I think. But yeah. quickly after I made that prediction of them um, being there, obviously they, they lost Shankland, who's taking a break from football. They, Dwayne Hislop uh, retired, and Stevie White's kind of you know in a coaching role now. So I mean that's like a, almost their whole midfield, um, which isn't ideal. Um, I, I think they'll bounce back, but that's a tough one, especially at Beechwood. Um, kind of, I kind of got a weird feeling when I posted that out. Obviously, that that was the game of the week because it was the most standout game in terms of the the, the, the fixture, I guess, in terms of two top uh, West of Scotland Premier sides. But it's yeah, Auckland fans will will be worried after that. Um, with all due respect to Darvel, who are a quality side, as we know, we say we we talk about them quite a lot, as you say, Ben. So. Um, fully expect them to to be up there as well. Yeah, I mean it's only one defeat for 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 Auchinleck against the, the league champions. Effectively, yep. uh, I don't think they'll be quite running the panic stations at this moment in time. But um, certainly from um, from Auchinleck's perspective, that's a sore loss. To, no one wants to get beat off Darvel. I mean, let's be honest; it's probably like a cup final for every team that, that go and play Darvel because of the, the kind of the backstory there. And um, I think yeah. Auchinleck will be fine. Um, ultimately, there's always that argument as well that Auchinleck probably are not that bothered about getting promoted. There's always that thing as well. So, yeah. um, like, there's always that you know, that in the background that that um, that you probably find as well. So, yeah, I mean, bad result for Auchinleck, great result for Darvel, but they'll, they'll bounce back. Absolutely, no problem with that at all. Um, all right then, the final game of the the, the West of Scotland uh, Premier Division, of course, is um, Cowan and Rangers 2, um, Troon 3. We could probably just gloss over that if you want. <laughs> yeah, I heard um, heard for the grapevine that there's some sort of dodgy sort of suspension going on. Do you know what? Well, of course you know about it, Ben, but I don't know how much you wanted to reveal. There's, there's obviously, we put out a club statement on Friday about um, playing a an eligible player um, in the league have um, said there's a notice of complaint uh, with regards to that as it relates to uh, Kevin Nicholl with a previous suspension uh, in Clyde. Um, all we can really do then now is just provide some provide the evidence to the to the league and, and await our fate. Um, but I think from from my perspective, it's hilarious to to read uh, social media and Pine Barvo and all these kind of places on on what's going to happen and, and what what's expected to happen and. Um, the accusations of cheating and, and all this kind of things and things we're trying to do things deliberate and all that it's not it's, it's not like that and I think just to quash any sort of rumour that, that that the result gets overturned and, and Meadow get the win if um, if we are found guilty of um, certainly um, having played a, an eligible player that's not the case the West of Scotland rule clearly states that a team gets the three point deduction and a hundred pound fine now. That if you lost that match or drawn that match, you still get a three point deduction. That's how it works. You don't the, the result yeah. isn't reversed or anything like that. So we'll still have a plus two goal difference, um or plus one after today's or yesterday's game. Uh, but this nonsense here you're reading online that people think they know what they're talking about and having a clue. And I'll be quite honest with you, I'm reading that from, from football players and managers and committee members of, of other clubs as well. So it's not just Nutters and internet, do you know what I mean? It's just it's it's everywhere. Read the rule book quite frankly, is what I'm saying there. Well, we'll find out what happens and, and the club will make a statement. I mean, as I said, um we put the statement out on the other day or Friday, I think it was, and um we'll, we're awaiting our fate and we'll put out a statement when that's uh when we're found to either have breached or not breached the rules, depending on obviously the outcome of that, that situation. So um that's that's pretty much it, really, Chris. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I've seen it when I've been involved in teams. I mean, it's happened at the highest levels. You think Champions League, so it's it's, an, it's a mistake. Uh, you know, it's it's not, and sometimes it's not even a mistake because sometimes you do can look into it and think the the players, you know, fine to go, and then maybe it turns out they're not after the game. It's uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think from our perspective, yeah, that, on that point, yeah, there's mitigation in place and. Yep. Um, it's not it's not as it's not as black and white as we played an eligible player. Put it that way. Um, I'm not going to say obviously too, too much because yeah. it's still it's still kind of under investigation. But certainly from our perspective, it's um, it's not as clear cut. And 
we'll obviously hope that we come out come out okay in it. But if we don't, we'll take the punishment and we'll, we'll take our medicine like you're supposed to. And we'll take that three points. It's probably if we do have to take, we do lose the three points. It's probably good that it happens at the start of the season rather than yeah. midway through or um, towards the end of the season. So um, we know we need to make those points up if we do. But but who knows what will happen. Um, that's what it is really as far as we're concerned so there's only really one other question to ask Ben how did the elite Sam Jameson do against uh, against the Buffs yesterday for Trun oh the elite oh the elite striker yeah sorry <laughs> I um, I wasn't sure you were talking about the first thing because he, he didn't really do anything um, he was on the park and he, he played and um, he probably worked quite hard off the ball and maybe even on the ball but certainly didn't get a goal and um, I wasn't massively impressed by him um, personally. Uh, I wouldn't have said he was an elite striker by any means um, of the imagine, imagination. And I know that was a, a comment that was levelled by um, Dean Keenan, who was uh, the assistant manager at, at Troon. I know you're good pals with Dino, uh, Dino but uh, that guy would give painkillers a, a sore head man listening to him in the sidelines. For the record, but, for, for the record, I, I, I like Sam Jameson as well. I thought he was already. Yeah, I mean, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely, I think he's a, he's a he's a good player. Um, whether or not he was deserved to be in a team of the year last year, absolutely not. As far as, as I'm yeah. concerned, no, he wasn't. So, uh, and again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier on. It's all about opinions, and that and that's all that was. Um, but yeah, from our perspective, yesterday that game, we were in control for for large parts of the, the first half, and probably unfortunate to go in at two two one. Sorry, two each. Had a couple of chances in the first half. Gav Mills blazed one over the bar from um, about ten yards. Mark Lamont's been through on goal, and the keepers had an end, ended up having a quite an easy save. The second half, big Dylan Markins had two great chances. I mean, one of them's like in the six-yard box, and he's passed it to the goalie who's on the line. Do you know what I mean? He just has to find the target, and he scored. But uh, yeah. just a bad day at the office, I think. Um, if you watch maybe a post-match um, interview uh, with our players, and I spoke to Chris Miller, he, 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 spoke about it very well and um, that's what you get from mostly someone like Chris who's experienced and uh, it was all about kind of playing in both boxes and we just didn't do well enough we didn't defend well enough we didn't attack well enough and that's that's the, 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 the crux of it probably the unfortunate thing is that we're probably going to a game against Darvel now on Friday night um, yep. at uh, Recreation Park not the game you want to be going on to like, uh, um, for six days after, after defeat so um yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll bounce back and we, we obviously we talk about transition all the time. That's obviously probably our favourite word in this podcast now. But <laughs> we, we're on our team in that position. We've seen 15 players this summer. Um, yep. 12, I think. Um, 12 um, kind of first-team players. And, and so far, we've got three um, under-20s boys that are signed and kind of been in around the squad. So, um, 15 guys to come in and getting to know each other on top of the guys obviously that we had from last season we kept a few guys around in the shape of like Kieran Wood and Jordan Stewart Ben Lewis Thomas Collins Gav Miller the ones that probably performed well last season um, have, have stuck around it obviously and uh, that's that's been good for us and, and we'll be fine I think as, yep. as a club um, I still think I think I still think we'll be up there well not we'll win the league not too sure but we'll certainly challenge um, that's that that and that game probably will be good for their character as well because I think when you look at it, it was probably one of those games where we kind of we struggled uh, for large parts of the game when when, when the chips were down, you know, and, that, and that's probably what kind of a lot of these younger kind of lads in, in the squad. We also we have the experienced guys like we mentioned, like Chris Miller, for example, and um, you say experienced guys. We're looking at like Thomas Collins; he's only twenty four. I mean, he's not yeah. he's just a just a boy really himself, and. Um, Alden Elzebede, good good players, but they're still young, you know, still young guys, but have played at a decent level, and that's that's what you'll find is that over the course of the season the character will build and we'll do all right. And obviously we've got cup games to look forward to. We've also got drawn in the Scottish Cup for the first time as well. We're playing Rutherglen away. Would have been nice to have got a a bigger tie, and that's a bigger tie, but like a kind of an away tie against a, a team we we don't see fairly regularly. We played Rutherglen I think twice last year. And, um, one of them was a four-one up at half-time job, and we drew four each. You know, so from our perspective, is it'll be the couple weeks exciting. Obviously, the South Challenge Cup as well, and the 
in the West Scotland League Cup as well. So there's, pl- there's plenty for us to, to get excited about. The club's new, there's a lot of things happening as well. So, I mean, it's only one result. I'm not getting too worried about it personally. Good, good. Keep the head up. So, well, that's pretty much it um, for the 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 roundup of the the tier five, six, seven, eight, nine. Do we stop at nine? I, I'm a lot. I need to, we need to probably count this. It's one. ten, I think. I think it's ten. Is the fourth division? Um, yeah, in the off. west. Yeah, yeah. Seven. Wait, hold on. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, sorry. Chris, Chris can count his fingers as well. That's <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's it. I mean that's that's it. So we're always here to cover off the. Uh, probably run out of time today to cover off and the rest of the West of Scotland but um, Chris where do we get uh, ourselves if you, if you want to get in touch with us um, the official catch up is at the official catch up on Twitter Lowland League catch up on Facebook and yeah we're pretty much everywhere podcast wise now on Audible as well uh, but I believe our number one place is still Apple Podcasts so plenty of iPhone users listening in there I'm, I'm more of a Spotify type guy so um, my phone Terrible. Steve Jobs has your has your it, spying or whatever. I should caveat that though that the fact that I listen to all my podcasts on Spotify. Although I've got yeah. an app, I've got a phone. I, I, that's that's a fact actually. <laughs> because a lot of the podcasts that you listen to are sometimes now Spotify exclusive. Yeah. Because obviously the the change in Spotify putting a bit of money into podcasting, so um, free plug for Spotify there. But um, if you want to get me on Twitter, it's at Mr Ben Grant um, as always. Send your, your heat my way if you don't like what I say. I don't think I've upset anyone on this podcast. Maybe Keenan maybe. Maybe true. Yeah, maybe true. But yeah. I mean, we used to slag through every week on this podcast. So uh, for Ryan Stevenson, it's all like, so six degrees of separation on this podcast this week, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, well, we'll be back next uh, next week, of course, uh, no doubt. Uh, well, a full roundup of what's happened across the leagues. But until next week, have a good one. Cheers.